Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey, friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so excited that you're spending an hour with us today. Let me tell you, every single time that you show up to this podcast, well, a couple things I hope. I hope that you enjoy your time with us. I hope that you learn something. I hope you're encouraged. I hope you laugh. I hope you love Jesus more. I hope all of those things happen. But I also just want to say thank you because there are a million podcasts out there. And let me tell you, I know because I listen to a million amazing podcasts and I'm just grateful for every single time that you choose to listen to the happy hour. We love you guys as listeners and we create this show for you. So I hope that every single episode, no matter if it doesn't match your season, if you don't know who the guest is, I hope and pray that something jumps out at you from the conversation. Today on the podcast are my friends, Dave and Ann Wilson. Yes, we've got a couple on the show today. Dave and Ann are two people that my husband and I adore and love, and we've gotten to spend some time with them this year. And every single minute we get with them, we just love them for a couple of reasons. Number one, they have so much humility in their conversations around parenting and marriage. They do not come across as, we are the experts, let me tell you how to do this. They come across as, we've been there, done that, let me tell you how we've learned from our mistakes. And they just want to cheer us on in our marriages and as parents. And today we talk about parenting. They released a book this year called No Perfect Parents. Ditch expectations, embrace reality, and discover the one secret that will change your parenting. I do want to say that even if you are not a parent, you are still going to enjoy this conversation today because there are some truths and nuggets that go for all of us, no matter what stage of life that we happen to be in. You guys, my book, God Made You to Be You, which is for those little kids in your life, ages two to six, has been out into the world for officially... 15 days. And I am still giddy over the excitement over this book and Sammy the Cactus, who's the main character in the story. One of my favorite things is hearing what you guys love about the book and how it is speaking to your kids and your families. And I just want to read one of the reviews that someone left on Amazon recently. Someone said, my children truly enjoyed this beautiful story about Sammy the Cactus and his friends. My daughter said, that's a really good book. And my son said, I think God is the best ever. This was a great little story explaining to them that they have a purpose and that God made them exactly who they're meant to be in life, not to compare their abilities and talents with others. We will enjoy this for many years to come as it will serve as a great reminder to us all. God made us exactly who we are meant to be. Another friend on Amazon wrote, I wish every child in the world could have a copy of this book. I do too. It is the most important message and something I wish I had as a child. It brought me to tears the first time I read it and my son asked me to read it over and over again. He never does that anymore. And it's like I could almost see it clicking for him and his confidence building as we read each word. Every child needs this book. You guys, these Amazon reviews, they are really, really sweet for me to read for sure, but they also help more people find the book. So if you've already gotten your copy of God Made You to Be You, would you do us a favor and go over to wherever you bought the book and leave a review? 
It helps people find the book. And just like Katie said in her review, we think every kid deserves to have this book in their hands. And if you haven't gotten your copy of God Made You to Be You, you can get it wherever books are sold. All right, friends, here's my conversation with Dave and Ann Wilson. Dave and Ann Wilson, welcome to the happy hour. Yeah, we're glad to be here. Thanks, Jamie. It's great to be with you. This is fun to have a couple on, a couple that is so fun. Last time we were together, you were interviewing Aaron and I for your radio show. And this is maybe the first time this has ever happened. And I literally might say that it will be the last time it ever happened. Dave pulled out his guitar and sang a song on air that he had written the night before about Aaron and I. (laughs) I'm in the studio with my guitar. We love the I can't believe that. Yeah, I'm going to have to share that with you guys because I thought that was just the most fun anyone's ever done in an interview. So you guys are the best. I love that Dave did it. He's so self-assured, you know. He, he's with not. Aaron, who is, oh, he's totally this worship pastor, but Dave's like, this will be awesome. Yeah, like I'm going to do that in front of a songwriter <laughs> that does this for a living. This is what I love about you. I oh, want I'm that confidence that you have, Dave Wilson. That's what I want in my life. That's what quarterbacks do. We think we can get it in the end zone every drive. <laughs> Speaking of quarterbacks, introduce yourself to all of my listeners, because this is your first time on the happy hour. So tell them who you are and what you do. You do. Oh, <laughs> Well, we uh, moved to Detroit, Michigan 35 years ago to be the Detroit Lions chaplain. That's what brought us to Michigan. And I worked with their wives doing Bible studies, and it was pretty cool, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of interesting to think if you know anything about the Detroit Lions, which probably you don't because they don't win. But in 33 seasons as their chaplain, we won one playoff game. Are you kidding uh, me? Oh, it's terrible. There's a guy in my church a few years ago, because the other thing we've done here is we started a church 30 years ago and founded that and God really blessed that. But this guy sends me, he he didn't go to my, he was some other campus and I don't know him, but he sends me an email and says, Hey, just wanted you to know, I just did the research. It is official. You are the losingest chaplain in the history of the NFL. (laughs) (laughs) And he had the stats and the whole thing. So that's my claim to fame right there. But no, we started church and God bless that. And we started speaking for family life weekend to remember marriage getaways 32 years ago. We still do that. But then we started our own marriage weekends called Vertical Marriage. It's uh, based on our book, Vertical Marriage. Then three years ago, we started doing Family Life Today, which is a radio podcast. And it's all about family. It's all about marriage. We have three sons. They're all married and we have six grandkids. Six grandkids. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Tell me this, and you're not going to hurt any of your kids' feelings. What's more fun, parenting or grandparenting? I think it's really different. There is something great about being a grandparent and you're not as worried. I think as a mom, I'm always worried about like what's going to happen to them and I'm messing them up so much. I don't do that with grandkids, you know, like you guys got this. You're amazing. And I feel like we enjoy them more. But man, we loved parenting, too. If I could have gotten out of my head a little bit more and feel like I'm not messing them up all the time, I would have enjoyed it even more. And I hope we can help parents to do that because I think that's hard. Okay, that is really hard. And I want to talk about that since you brought it up. But I will say so many we're parenting teenagers. If anyone doesn't know, listening, I have a 17, 16, 15, 13. So we're in like the deep water here. And Aaron and I love teenagers. Like we would say this is our most fun parenting. But I would also say it's my most stressful parenting as well. Like I am like, this is the hardest job I've ever had so far. 
But I do say all the time, I tell Aaron, I'm like, listen, we're going to be amazing grandparents. Like if we mess this thing up, we got another chance. We're going to be the best grandparents that ever lived. But Anne, I want to talk to you about that because you guys released a book this year and it's called No Perfect Parents, which man, thank you. That's just like, that's what we need to hear. But you just talked about like, if I could get out of my head a little bit. And we were talking before we started and I was sharing with you guys some personal stuff about me. And it is in my head a lot with parenting. Like I just, I worry a lot. I'm anxious a lot. That is my nature. And so I have to fight that with like God's word and truth and listening to worship music. And I'm like been fighting that so much recently, but my default, I mean, Maybe it's everyone's, but I feel like mine is more. It's just worry and anxious and fear. And so you've already launched your kids. Now you've got grandkids and you said, I wish I wouldn't have done this. So help us all who are still here. How do we get out of our heads? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. And I think what happens too, we're in a culture now because of social media. We're constantly comparing, but we also constantly see like kids going off the rails. And then we can think, oh, that's going to happen to my kids. And so I think that's really hard. And man, especially as teenagers, I would be in bed at night just worrying. Oh, she she did this like all the time. I had more of a, some of it's personality driven, you know, how you're wired. Uh But I was more, hey, they're good. I mean, they're not. You know, they're not having sex. They're not smoking. I mean, I was just oblivious in some ways. I mean, Mm -hmm. she would walk downstairs (laughs) when the boys were still up at midnight or something. Wait, wait, wait. I would, they'd all be up. You know, they're teenagers. Yes, they never go to bed. Yeah, they're up two in the morning. And all of a sudden I'm asleep and I'd wake up and I'd think, they're still up. What are they doing down there? You guys, I would come downstairs and I'm like, what are you guys doing? Are you all looking at porn? <laughs> Where's that come from? And then they fear and worry other. and you're putting your fear onto them. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And then they were like, mom, you are crazy. Like you were just crazy. So Dave's like, they're great. And I'm like, no, they're not. And you know what the truth was? We found out it was somewhere in between. Yeah, they weren't as good as I was hoping. I think I just wanted to live in denial. You know, Mm -hmm. it wasn't I just like, oh, they're fine. It was somewhere in between. But I think, Jamie, and it's true, even with adult kids, this is going to sound terrible. It can get worse because now you have absolutely no control when they're out of your house. You don't even have a say, basically, in many ways. And so I really had that's the season of life that I started learning how to take my thoughts captive and lay them at the feet of Jesus. And that's not natural for me because I want to figure it out. Like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what Mm -hmm. I'm going to say. And so I can remember and I do this still where I'll see myself standing before Jesus and I start telling him all of my worries, all of my fears, here's what I'm thinking. And then I visually see myself handing all of it Mm. to him. And it's interesting, he does something different. Like I'm just in my mind, my imagination. And then he does something different. Sometimes he'll throw it away. Sometimes he'll say, I got this. And so I think that that's a practice and it's a discipline, but it's really hard because I'm constantly in prayer. And that is a good thing where you're, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, Mm -hmm. and I will give you rest. And I'll I'll add this real quick. And we put it in the No Perfect Parents book. I think one of the things to remember during the teenage years, and I'm going to say we did this, (laughs) you know, in fact, most of the things we say, we probably didn't do very well. That's why we said No Perfect Parents. But the goal is not to have a perfect teenager. 
Mm-hmm. And it's not to have a perfect teenager that never sins. They're going to sin. They're going to mess up. The goal is hopefully that when they're adult men and women, I mean, 20, 30, 40 years old, you know, our goal was that they'd love Jesus and love their neighbor. Mm. And so some of these mistakes and really bad decisions they're making as teenagers, God's going to use in a yeah. good way. I mean, if I look back at my life and the, all this crap I did, yep. some of that I don't regret because it's like, wow, I am the man I am today because I made some really bad yeah. And it killed my mom. It freaked Mm. my mom out, but God used it. Mm. You know, it's so interesting. I think this is how all of life is that if there was a friend sitting in front of me, coming to me with her like stresses and stuff, I would know all the right things to say to her. You know, like (laughs) I would know everything to say and I would encourage her and I I would say all the right things. And then I would turn around and I would just cry about my own life and not know what to do. But I love that example, Anne, of like handing it over to Jesus. And I had that exact conversation with Aaron recently where I was like, man, I've got to just get better of realizing this is a long game. You know, and Mm. you said our goal here is to raise for you guys, young men, for me personally, young men and a young woman who love Jesus and love their neighbor. And that's a long goal. Like we're looking at the end game is really far off. And so I reminded myself of that just recently of these things that I'm worrying about and these conversations that we're having our kids, they're hard and they're difficult. And sometimes they make the dumbest choices. I'm just like, does your brain even work? The answer is probably no, right? It's not no, until 25. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm having to lay them down and remember them. Now, I want to talk to you about this. You said that was your goal of raising young men who love Jesus and love the Lord. You talk in your book about a lot of times when you ask parents like, hey, what kind of kids do you want? You hear things like we want successful, happy, well-adjusted, popular. Like these are some of the things that parents would say. And I would find myself even saying those things as well. Yeah, yeah. But you kind of just debunk that by saying, actually, there's only really one thing that you need to want. And that's that your kids love Jesus and that they love your neighbor. How did you guys keep that at the forefront of your mind in the midst of parenting? And we don't have to just talk about teenagers. And I know that's where I am, but I've got a lot of listeners that are in the throes of those two, four, six, eight-year-old kids. And that can be sometimes hard to think through. So what were some of the ways that you guys kept that on the forefront of your mind? Well, I'd love to say we kept it on the forefront of our mind. I mean, like you said, when you're with a two-year-old and a four-year-old and you're exhausted. Oh my gosh, yes. It's so hard to remember, you know, what we're trying to do. So we would have to pray and remind ourselves. We did have this sort of mission statement. It didn't hang on the wall anywhere. And our kids didn't even know what it was. You know what? I loved that in your book. Your kids have a reflection part after each chapter was I was like, this is great. And one of your kids said, I didn't even know they had this mission statement. And that gave me so much like comfort because I was like, okay, we don't have a mission statement written anywhere on our wall. Like, I'm going to go to Hobby Lobby and see if they can work this out for me. <laughs> well, it's interesting. That same son who the last seven years we've done ministry together at our church also said, if I would have known what it was, it would have put pressure on me. Oh, he yeah. was glad he didn't know because he said, I think I would have tried to feel like I have to live up to this mm. thing that mom and dad are trying to do. And again, it wasn't some you know radical thing. It was just simply trying to train and launch. We call it train and launch L3 warriors who impact, who make a dent where they're sent. It's sort of make a dent. But yeah, I mean, we got caught up in, you know, our kids were in sports. I was a college athlete. So it was like, man, we want them to be successful and, you know, popular. Yeah. Yeah. Wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think the bar is too low, especially for followers of Christ. If we're trying to raise people that can literally impact the world generationally, that's Mm. sort of our goal in our life and hopefully our legacy. And so I think the bar was too low. It's like, man, raise the bar high. Let's shoot for something awesome. Again, it's up to God and we're not going to hit it, but man, it's like, man, I want to send 
you know, messages to the next generation. And part of that was I came from two alcoholic parents. My dad left with a girlfriend when I was a little boy. And so the legacy that I was handed was not a good one. And I didn't realize until I was in college, I am copying that legacy, Mm. you know? The other thing that I think too is with parenting and with our kind of that goal, it feels like when you say, oh, I want my kids to be happiness. Well, happiness can be fleeting and it can be Mm -hmm. circumstantial. And so that's not a great one. Success. What is success? I want to be the best at what I do. But then you're like, well, there's going to be somebody that's better. And so it feels like a book of Proverbs. You know, where do you find happiness is the secret. We feel like in the midst of that, like we're going to shoot for Jesus But we added, I feel like it's this secret ingredient that was natural for Dave and I. We're both seven. So we're all like, let's have a party. Uh But the joy factor and doing things together, that was a secret ingredient, I feel like, because we're heading for Jesus. But the Christian life should not be like, let's go to church and let's Mm -hmm. memorize our verses. It should be like Jesus has us walking in joy. He has us in relationship. Those things like kids long for that. Mm. And they long for their parents, even as teenagers, even though they're pulling away, they also long for relationship with us, no matter what stage they're in. And this woman right here, she created fun. This house was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And it was mostly Anne. Oh, I love that. Y'all are both fun. Oh my gosh. Okay. So can we talk about just that mission statement a little bit when you say, and that kind of, you broke down the word. So I want to do that. And I want to tell everyone, if you're parenting any stage of kids, this book is for you. You guys walk through those hard years where you're just trying to stay alive and get some rest (laughs) and you go all the way into discipline and then teenage years, which also, I always say this, I don't know if you guys would agree. I always tell my friends who are parenting those young kids and they're exhausted. I'm like, I hear you and I see you. Just wait till you have teenagers. That's all I got to say. I hear you and I see you. I know you're tired. Just wait until you have teenagers because these jokers never go to bed. (laughs) You are always tired. (laughs) So there's that. Exactly. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. 
I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Okay, so when we talk about launch, I think as parents, I mean, I have said on the show many times, I've got a senior in high school. So that word launch is like, it's hitting me right here in my chest because mm. I feel like that's where we are. When you guys were parenting and you're encouraging parents through this book, how do you think about launching kids? Like, what does that mean to you guys? I mean, my first thought was we're launching them into their identity. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We've already been speaking identity. This is who you are. This is the greatness I see in you. This, I can't wait to see how you impact your generation for Jesus, but also like, man, you're going to rock it out there. And so when I think of that, it's like, it's them being shot into the world with their giftedness, with who they are, not trying to be somebody else, but like God made me, he's equipped me and he's gifted me for something. Mm. And I think we started talking about that when they were little, like, what does God have for you? You know? And so then When we launch them, it's with that anticipation of, I can't wait to see. And we're kind of walking with them, like, how's it going? And sometimes they're off on a different path. And so would you add? Yeah, I would just add that it was really hard, you know, from getting, you mean shooting them out? Yeah, I mean, it's awful. From day one, we knew that they was coming. We, you know, we put it in the book, Psalm 127. They're like arrows in the hands of a warrior. So arrows don't stay. They are Mm -hmm. to be launched. So we knew they're going to launch them. But man, when we drove son number one to college the first time, we just bawled. I'm going to cry right now, you guys. I can't even handle this part of my life. (laughs) I know. And their senior year in high school, you're like with them every night. Hey, don't you want to be home tonight? Because you got just a short little window. It was really, really hard. And the other thing we missed were all their friends. Because we had built relationships. We felt like they were our own kids. But the other thing, too, when I'm thinking about that launching is I didn't realize, especially when they were all gone, I remember sitting at the kitchen table telling Dave, 
Like I remember when they were little thinking, I have no life. I have no life anymore. And then when they're gone, I thought, oh, that was the sweetest part of my life. And I didn't even know who I was for a while. It was really hard because I loved it. I felt like I was failing half the time, but I still found so much of my identity in that. Yeah. It's hard. It's so hard. My son will probably kill me for telling you guys this like on a public <laughs> platform, but he doesn't listen to my podcast. So we're all good. But this is the sweetest thing you guys this weekend. We're recording on a Friday. Tomorrow night is our kids high school homecoming dance. And we randomly threw out to my son and his girlfriend. We're like, oh, we'll take you out to dinner before thinking they'd be like, that's the lamest thing I could ever heard. They took us up on it. We're going awesome. out the four of us before their homecoming dance tomorrow night. That's amazing. I'm so happy. I'm like, this is just the best that they said yes to that. You know, that says a lot about you. And Aaron. I was well, going to say the same thing. That says a lot. I mean, we write it, you know, about the teenage stage and they act like they don't want us. But if you're pursuing them, they really do. Way to go. They really they, do. That's what, I, I think that's you, what I'm learning is that sometimes yeah. I feel like, man, I don't know if he wants to be around me, but he's just he's figuring out his life. He's got a girlfriend. Yeah. He's playing football. He's doing all these things. And then he's like, hey, we want to go to dinner with you. all And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is <laughs> like this is my dream come true. It really is. That is the phase that we say, don't take it personally. You know what? That's really good. Anne, and that's I need to hear that. And I know other moms do, too, as well. Most of the time, it's not about you. It's about their own stuff that they're dealing with. I said that this is I feel like we're having our own little parenting. Y'all are counseling me so much here. I said this to Aaron the other day. One of my kids was like giving me like, you know, the kind of silent treatment. I was like, you know, what? I'm not going to take it personally because I think he's just having a bad day. And yeah. sure enough, bad day. And I was like, OK, there we go. We're good. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Parenting. I'm telling you, I will say it's the hardest gig I've ever had. OK, the next thing you have. And I want you to say this because you said it earlier and I know what it means because I read your book. and Other people might not. You said L3. So give us the three things that you wanted your kids to love. I know. Yeah. And again, you know, a mission statement for a family is going to be specific and unique to your family. So that wouldn't make sense to anybody else. But L3, here it is. Ephesians 6, 4 says, you know, what's it say? <laughs> Fathers don't exasperate your children, but train them in discipline and in the discipline of the, up. raise them up in the discipline of the Lord. So we just sort of took that to say, okay, there's a training aspect. We talked about that in the book. And then this, this launching and what was the goal? L3 was three values that we at our church, we started a church. So, you know, when you're a founder, you sort of create the core values. We just sat down years ago and said, what's a disciple look like? And we mm -hmm. came up with three L words, love, lock, live. We even did a song off the Black Eyed Peas, love, lock, live, love, lock, live. Anyway. Of course you did. I love it. <laughs> but it's simple. I mean, when Jesus was asked, what's the most important commandment? He said, love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, soul, and mind, and your neighbors, yourself. So we just thought, man, a disciple loves God and loves others, mm -hmm. and even others they don't like. Lock just means lock arms. We do life in community. A follower of Christ can't do it alone. You got to have community. And then live open-handedly was just our way of saying our time, talents, and treasures are not just for us. God blessed us to be a blessing to others. So when we sat down as young parents, we're like, wow, if our boys, when they were men, love God and their neighbor, mm -hmm. We're living in community with other couples and other people, and we're living their life to make a dent where they're sent means wherever God puts you, make an impact there for the kingdom. That would be a goal we're shooting mm. for. Now, we're not going to hit it perfectly, right. but man, it's like that was sort of the goal. That was better to us and popular or mm -hmm. successful. It was just like, man, dad is sending a warrior into a war, a spiritual war to make an impact. And you may not feel like I don't have the time to sit down and craft this big thing, but even just to think, what do we hope for our mm. kids? Because if we don't have an idea the culture is discipling our kids. It mm -hmm. really is like they're always in our kids' ears, especially with social media, with any kind of media. 
And so for us just to have an idea of where we want to go, I think it's really helpful. I think it's very helpful. And that's why I wanted to talk about that so much today is because I don't think everyone needs to have a mission statement. Like I said, we don't have one. And you guys are like, your kids didn't even know about this. But what it does as parents is say, hey, what is our like end game here? What is our goal here? What are we going towards? And you guys are sports family. I love sports as well. Like, what are we here to do? What is our mission? What are we shooting for? And what do we hope the end to be? And will you hit it all the time? Especially if you're the Detroit Lions, you're hardly ever going to hit it. But you know what? (laughs) Did you have to take a (laughs) shot like that? To take a shot out there. But I think it's so great for parents to realize, man, this is hard work, but I want to have an end goal in mind with this. I remember I interviewed when I sat down and talked with Beth Moore, we were talking about parenting and she said something I've never forgotten. And it's right along the lines of what you guys are saying. She says, I pray for my kids one thing that they love Jesus with everything in them. And she's like, everything else will work itself out. Yeah. And that's been so good for me as a parent to be like, man, there's all these things I'm worried about and all these things I want to happen. And I just remember her saying, man, pray that your kid loves Jesus with everything they have and everything will work itself out. And that's exactly what you guys just said with those three L's. Like, these are what you're shooting for. And we're going to pray that that happens and everything's going to work out. And I would add, and I think we know this, but we forget all of that. The most important thing we can do as parents to hope that happens in our kids is have it in us. Yes. If they don't see it in mom and dad or mom, it's just like if they don't have something to model. I mean, if we're saying, man, I want you to be in the word and I want you Mm. and they don't see it in us, there's a good chance it doesn't get passed down. I mean, and I'll just admit to like I wasn't the greatest at always like, let me teach you the Bible. And, you know, we kind of we talked about God all the time on the fly and we prayed all the time. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking, I wonder how I'm doing, you know, in terms of this is the youngest like, hey, I just asked him like, hey, I think he was 13 or 14. Could you name like the 12 disciples? How would you do with that? So he goes, eh, I might get a couple of them. I'm like, oh, who would you get? He goes, Moses. I'm like, <laughs> Moses, Moses. <laughs> and so then what happens? You know, enemies in your ear, like you are the worst mom. <laughs> He's going to be a delinquent. And mm-hmm. But it's amazing. I've even asked them because I did do, and Dave did too, some cool things and devotionals with our kids at night. But I'll ask, like, wasn't it cool when we did this? And they're like, yeah, I don't really remember. But what they say they remember is, but I remember you and dad Mm. living it. I remember seeing your Bibles out all the time. I remember you guys praying constantly for everybody all the time and for us at night and in the morning. And that's where even our first son that got married, it's the night before his wedding day. And talk about like, you're so excited for them, but you're also mourning like, oh, that'll never be the same. And we asked and we prayed for him. We were on our knees at his bed, which we did that a lot. And I said, Austin, what will you miss about living under our roof? And he said this. Like you guys praying for me every single night, the security that has always brought me and pointing me back to Jesus, this. Mm. And I was like, man, you know, when you're doing it, you're just like, oh, I'm tired. I'm just for you real quick. But it marks them, Mm -hmm. you know, it marks their walk with God. You know, I could see that throughout your book, I already mentioned that you had your sons write a little something after each chapter. It's almost like a, hey, let us tell you the truth about our parents of whatever they're writing. (laughs) They're so awesome. But one of the things that one of your sons wrote, and I can't remember where I read it, was talked about how, specifically about you and about how he said, my mom always called me up into who I was going to be. Like, I always remember Mm. her speaking things over me, like she was proud of me and you're going to be a great guy and all these things. And I thought that's the same thing about 
we feel like this prayer is like, oh my gosh, we're doing it again. Sometimes I'm like, if I'm speaking things over my kid, I might think they don't even care. They're not listening. They like would rather hear something else. And this was just a reminder, like keep going, like keep saying the things, keep praying because in some years it may feel like you're just kind of throwing words into the wind, Yes. but God is using them for all these things within our kids. Well, it's interesting, Jamie, because that son that said that it was a senior year of high school and he came into my room and he was getting ready to graduate and he was going to go play football. And I remember grabbing him saying, look at you, like, look at the man you're becoming and the man that you are like, man, you're a leader. You're an influencer. You're such a gifted communicator. Like when you talk, I'm going to listen to you. It's incredible. And I can't wait to see how God uses that in college. And he's like, whatever, mom, you know, he kisses me, goes out and he comes back into my bedroom and he's crying. This 18 year old, like crying. And I'm like, what happened? And he said, mom, all those things you said about me, it's not true. Like, I am not the guy that you think that I am. And, you know, I'm like, no, you are that guy. <laughs> he goes, no, I got totally wasted last weekend. Like totally drunk. That's who I am, mom. You don't even know it. And I need you to know that's who I really am. And as a parent, especially of teenagers, the number one rule is don't, don't freak, freak out. out. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so, no matter what, you've got the face of steel like yeah. okay you're yes. wasted last weekend okay i love you you're amazing <laughs> you <laughs> can so, freak out later yeah i remember and this was just a god moment because i surely did not succeed in a lot of these moments but that moment i looked at him and said that may be what you did last weekend but that's not who you are. Mm. And I think that we forget that our kids are battling in their minds yep. constantly as we are and we need to remind them even when we don't see anything good in them, God does. And we so need to good. call that out. And I can just add as one of the four men in this home, you know, with the three boys and Anne, and we wrote about this in our vertical marriage book, you know, the power of life and death is in the tongue. And mm -hmm. Anne used to be, <laughs> I mean, she did. She used to critique and chop. I mean, I share a story in vertical marriage about how everywhere I go, people sort of cheer me. They're saying I'm good. And I come <laughs> home and I get boo, you know, you just sort of boo me. All I can tell you is after that conversation, Anne started, it didn't happen in a day or a week, but over months and even years, she started not critiquing and sort of tearing down, but building up, saying, mm. speaking life over me. And man, oh man, it made me want to come home. And also, I think it made me a better man. I watched her do this with our boys. It was powerful. And again, I'm not saying parents, we don't speak the truth and say For some sure. hard yeah. things. We yeah. have to do that. But mostly, man, you just want to speak life and identity and things you see because that makes them want to come home. Mm -hmm. And even as adult men now, I think they want to come home largely because Anne speaks life. Yeah, thanks. It's been a real That's deal. really encouraging. I'm glad you said that too, Dave, because there are some people who feel like, that's just not my gifting. Like, that's not how I'm yeah. wired. Like, I just, it's hard for me to do that. And on one hand, you're like, okay, I, I can hear that. But also you just quoted a Proverbs verse that's so great that the tongue has the power of life or death. Yeah. Like we have the power in our words to bring life to someone or bring death. And also if you're a follower of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit yeah. and the Holy Spirit changes us. That's his job, you right. know, and he helps us and guides us. So I would just say, and, and you can even speak into this about what God did in your life there, but just really literally ask God to change your heart. 
Ask him to change yeah. your words. Ask him to change your tongue. Well, it's interesting because what I started doing was I started when I talked to God about this, I said to God, like, God, do I boo Dave? <laughs> because I was mad at him. Like, I am helping you. <laughs> and I felt like God was saying, no, you do. You're constantly critiquing everybody in your family. And my intent was good. Like, right. I said, like I do. I want him to be better thinking that my criticism or my critique would stir them up like, yeah, I'm going to mm-hmm. do that. And all it did was make them all want to run away. Mm. And so I felt like God would say, take note of what your thoughts are. And I'm telling you, Jamie, I was like, oh, in my head, I'm constantly critiquing everybody. Mm. Like, why'd you do this? You should have done it like this. And why didn't you empty the dishwasher? And why did you like you look at the house as a mess? And I also thought like, and I do everything around here because I'm amazing. Uh And so then I felt like God said, now listen to what you say to everybody in the house. It was terrible. Like, Mm. and it was out of love. It wasn't out of anger. I was truly thinking my words will help motivate them. And so then I just went before God and said, I'm not going to talk. And this is so hard for me because I'm a verbal processor, but I'm going to go to God first and say, God, should I say it? And then if he gives me the okay, when should I say it? And how should I say it? That was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life because it's just not natural for me, but it started changing me and it helped me to start looking for the greatness of everyone in our family and speaking that out. That's real good. That's convicting to me because I'm, you know, got all these big people and we had a house to run. And if you don't pull your weight, like if you don't empty the dishwasher, I can't load it. Like all these things. And I'm just like, it's convicting even right now. I'm like, what are the last conversations I've had with my kids? And this week they've been like, why is no one doing their chore? What are we doing around here, people? (laughs) I asked you to do one job in this house, but that doesn't negate the fact that we're parenting. But I will be thinking about that. Like what out of all the words I said to my kids today, how many of like, if I was on like a little scale, yeah. yeah. Right. Where did they land? And it's like convicting. So thank you for that. I hope other people like the Holy Spirit's convicting them as well. I want to ask you guys this real quick before we move on. Uh, you guys also, you already said this, you do a lot of work on marriage. You've got a book, Vertical Marriage. You have a conference. You talk about marriage a lot. Erin and I love listening to you about marriage. And I just look at you guys and think, this is, I'm so glad to have people that I can look at and say they love each other and they're committed to each other and they love their kids. When you look back, because we're talking about parenting and you look back to parenting, one of the things that's really important for Aaron and I, and I only think this is just a gift from God that he's given us this wisdom is that we have valued our marriage so much in the midst of our parenting with the long game of these kids are going to leave one day and we're going to be with each other, you know? And so we want to continue to like each other. But what is your encouragement for just those parents who in the midst of, I mean, gosh, I remember everyone, you're trying to figure out schedules for baseball practices and dance, and then someone's in theater. And then what do you know? Like your husband has an event, you got to go. It's just crazy. How did you guys take time and to keep your marriage like important and valuable in the midst of also being not perfect parents? Well, we didn't do it perfectly. In fact, the last chapter of the book, we wrote our top five mistakes in parenting. And one of mine was neglecting the marriage. I mean, I got so focused on starting this church and being the Detroit Lions chaplain. I was traveling with them. Ann always used to say, I have five jobs. I coached at the high school, high school football team. And I did that to be with the boys, which was a good thing because as they went through and played there, I was there. But I got consumed by my job and Mm -hmm. a lot of it was probably my identity. And, but I'll tell you this, we did a pretty good job. Of course, she 
sitting right here and she may say, you're crazy <laughs> at keeping a pretty regular date night. We really did protect it. And again, when the kids were little and the schedules, like you said, were sort of nuts, it was hard to do. But we did, didn't we? Yeah. Oh, to- we totally did. All right. I was just making sure I'm not lying here. But And part of that is because we went through a crisis at our 10-year anniversary where we almost didn't make it. And I told mm. Dave, I've got nothing left. Yeah. And that so changed I think, everything. Yeah, that kind of we were spinning out of control. And so there was a, we really, both of us repented in that time of saying Dave was finding his life through his job. And I was trying to find my life through my marriage, thinking Mm -hmm. that if my husband would just get his act together, then our (laughs) life would be great. Mm -hmm. I think we can do that as women thinking, especially if you're not on the same page spiritually Mm -hmm. and even parenting, like you might feel like you have a spouse that's totally disengaged and it's easy to start focusing on them and not where you truly find fulfillment is Jesus. Like he's the one that fills us up. He's Mm -hmm. the one that gives us life, but man, I don't know about anybody else, but I found it hard. Keep my eyes up here. And I would go to Dave, like, what are you doing? What aren't you doing? And so because of that crisis, we really started thinking we've got to make this a priority. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is like protecting your schedule Mm -hmm. and being intentional. And I know it's easy to say, and another thing to do But I remember saying to our church, which was a young church at that time, after this conversation, I got on stage and again, we're just a thousand people or, you know, it's small and we're starting to grow. I said, hey, uh, I just want to tell the congregation something. If you need to meet with me for any reason, I'm not going to meet with you in the evenings. I'll meet with you in the mornings. And they sort of looked at me. I said, in fact, Ian and I had this conversation and I said, what do you need from me? If you want me in the morning or evening, which would you pick? She said, in the evening, man, Mm -hmm. you you could be there to put the boys down to bed at night, dinner, the whole thing. And I, so I said, okay, four out of seven nights a week, I'll make a commitment. I'll be here. And so I said to the congregation, Hey, I'll meet you at 5 a.m. I'll meet you at 6 a.m., 7 a.m. But at night, I'm going to be a dad and a husband and be home. And honestly, Jamie, I thought, oh, they're, they're going to cheer. They're going to go way <laughs> to lead us. They were mad. Yeah. Oh, I got people complaining like, you're our pastor. What are you talking about? We can't. And I was like, oh, my goodness. But I'll tell you this. I'm a grandpa now. And I can tell you one of the best decisions I ever made because it was very important to be here at night. And so the same thing for your marriage is like we wrote in vertical marriage. If You know, people say, OK, vertical marriage means go vertical and bring God in. How do I do that? Is that it? And like, no, 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 no. And I got this from Rick Warren, who said years ago, if you want to walk with God, you need these three rhythms. He called it divert daily, withdraw weekly, abandon annually. So every day you're spending time with God. Every week you're taking a Sabbath. Uh, Once a year, getting away and retreating. We just put that into marriage and said, what would it look like to pray every day with your spouse? It could be 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would it look like to every week somehow figure out a way to get away on a date? It could be an evening, it could be breakfast, could be an hour, could be two. And then once a year, pull away and pour into your marriage. Go to a retreat. You're doing one this weekend. Go to that retreat. Come to the ones we do. I mean, couples come up to us all the time at these weekends and they go, man, we haven't done this in 25 years. We're so glad we did it. And, we're like, and they're like, this is good, right? And I'm like, no, this isn't good. <laughs> every year, get away and yeah. spent a couple of days saying this relationship is more important. And I'll add one last thing. We are now empty nesters and this is all you got. Yeah. yeah. And we still like each other. And so many couples don't. Yeah. And, and if our, you don't, if you don't work at it, you'll look at each other after oh, the kids yeah. are gone. Oh, and yeah. Like we're empty because we just naturally drift away from one another. Yeah. I mean, it's just because our schedules, it's just crazy. And we have to be so intentional. And it's one. Of, I'm just going to say this. Making your marriage your priority 
and pouring into that will be one of the greatest gifts you ever give your kids, Yeah, ever give your kids. And just to watch our kids, gosh, they've been married like 12 down to seven years. They all date. And we always say too, like, just take a few minutes out of each day just to catch up. And how are you doing? And I think too, and this is the thing we don't do. We don't go deep in our conversations. We call it level five communication. Level one is like, Hey, how you doing? But level five is, this is what I'm really, uh, this is what I'm fearful about Mm -hmm. right now in my own life with our kids. What I'm struggling with. Yeah. Me personally, we need to get to those levels because God put us together and we need each other. Yeah. You guys, this is so good. Aaron and I love y'all so much. And we're going on a cruise together. Yeah, baby. We are. We are. In February, I will put in the show notes and tell you guys all about that, but it's going to be a really fun marriage cruise that anyone hey, you listening- know what? There's still a couple rooms left that people want to come with yeah. us. Let's go. Who wants It'll to have great- dinner with Dave and Aaron and Jamie? Let's just there go. You go. <laughs> there you go. We'll have some um, fun. In all seriousness, thank you guys so much. Thank you for not only the work that you're doing, but just for the life that you're living. Like you guys are such an encouragement to Aaron and I. And so I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for this conversation because Mm -hmm. I'm living this. And so many of my friends were living this. We're looking at our kids and think, are we doing this right? And I think that is every parent is having the same conversation. Are we doing this right? You know, in this conversation of there's no perfect parents, but here's what we can strive for is so encouraging. So thank you guys. Thank Thanks, you, Jamie. Thanks for all you're doing, too. Y'all are sweet. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. I always like to ask my uh, people I'm talking to what they're reading. Are you guys readers? Are you reading anything these days? What's that look like for y'all? Well, you probably do the same thing. We're reading so many of the books that we're interviewing this people is, about. Like I have this long, this stack yeah. right here yeah. next to my office where I do interviews where I'm doing that. But I'll tell you something we just read because we just interviewed and we were talking to you earlier, The Four Habits of Raising Joy-Filled Kids. Marcus Warner and Chris Gorsi are brain people. So that's very interesting. And I've been reading, I know a lot of people have been reading Gentle and Lowly, Dane Ortland. We just, in fact, we just uh, uh, interviewed his dad yesterday, Ray, oh, which yay. was awesome. But yeah. that book has given me a whole new view of the heart of Jesus. It's, it's been so really good. good. Sort of like The Chosen. I love mm-hmm. watching The Chosen too. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So good. Well, we love you guys. Thank you for coming on the happy hour. Thank you.
You guys, I already set you up for why you would love them because they don't consider themselves perfect parents. And I think that came through in our conversation today, the humility that they talk about. And in fact, I think Dave even said that one of his biggest regrets from parenting was neglecting their marriage. And you can hear them talk about that today. And it is such an encouragement to me and to you and whoever's listening to take care of our marriages so that we can be the parents that God wants us to be. Also, a little fun fact about Dave and Ann Wilson. Not only are we going on a cruise together, which is a fun fact, and we have the link if you want to get tickets to that cruise as well in the show notes. Go to jamieivy.com slash hh435 for all the notes on this particular episode. But I want to tell you this, and I think this is really cool about Dave and Ann, is that we had originally scheduled to record this a few weeks before we actually did. And I had a really, really, really hard morning. Just some personal stuff that had going on in my life, and I could not really get myself together. I was crying, and I texted Lindsay and asked her to text Dave and Ann and say, I needed about 10 minutes before I could come on the show. I was a mess. I was really a mess. And I texted Anne because we're friends and said, hey, I need five more minutes. I'm trying really hard to be able to get myself together because I really thought, Jamie, you just have to do your job. Just like put this personal stuff aside, do the interview, and then you can come back. And Anne texted me and said, we can totally reschedule if it helps. And I immediately called Anne and just thanked her for her graciousness and let her and Dave in on a little bit what was going on. And in that moment, Anne stopped and she said, can we pray for you? And she prayed the most beautiful prayer for me. And that is like two times in this last semester where I have poured out my heart to someone kind of like, let me just kind of vomit my emotions on you. And they said, can I pray for you right now? And it almost makes me teary right now to think about it. But that's the kind of person I want to be. And so I want you to know that's the kind of person that Dave and Ann Wilson are as well. And listen, I'm going to say the same thing on the show on Friday because Heather McFadden is our guest on Friday and I had a similar experience. So listen to that show and I'll tell you what happened there. But Dave and Ann are the real deal and their book, No Perfect Parents, has been a joy for me to dive into this year. Thanks so much for listening to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to bring to you, and every opportunity we get to point us all to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is actually the number one way that people find out about our show because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that make us think, make us laugh, and point us to Jesus. Also, come find me on other places around the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm at Jamie Ivy, And we've been having some fun posting videos on YouTube as well. Sometimes you wish you could see the person I'm interviewing. Well, come over and find us there and you can. JamieIvy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Show notes are written by Abigail Castell. Graphics by Rachel Ray. The show is edited by the team at Podshaper. And I'm your host, Jamie. And I love every single week that I get to be here with you guys. Until next time, have a happy hour with a friend. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 